Hello and welcome to another episode of Desert Island Dishes with me, Margie. Before we go any further, this is a very friendly, gentle little nudge to say that if you haven't already, do remember to subscribe to this podcast and while you're at it, you may as well rate it and leave a review. Hopefully you'll leave a nice one. (laughs) It's honestly so helpful and helps other people to find the podcast, which is really great. I hope you're all well and happy. I'm beginning to feel very Christmassy and it's Stir Up Sunday this week, which is when traditionally you would make your Christmas pudding. It's a good excuse to whack on some Michael Buble and dance around the kitchen. To be honest, I normally just watch my mum make the Christmas pudding rather than doing anything helpful. And I always just badger her to make sure she puts lots of one pounds in. This is a really lovely episode chatting to the wonderful and impossibly glamorous Bake Off winner Candice. It was yet another opportunity for me to obsess over all things Bake Off. Plus, we discover that both me and Candice have quite a severe mac and cheese obsession. And Candice's luxury item makes me laugh. (laughs) Enjoy! So my castaway this week is Candace Brown. Candace was the winner of the Great British Bake Off in 2016. Born in North London, Candace grew up in the pub that her parents ran, the very pub that she sculpted out of gingerbread for her famous showstopper on the show. Taught to bake by her grandmother, Candace makes the kind of food you really want to eat. With her degree in sports, PE and community studies, Candace was a secondary school teacher when she applied for the Great British Bake Off, and she managed to juggle the two even during filming. Candace has now taken a break from teaching, has released her first cookbook called Comfort, and is currently due to star in Dancing on Ice. It has been said of Candace, if you are what you eat, no wonder Candace Brown is so sweet. <laughs> Welcome, oh, Candace. Hi. Isn't that just the nicest That's quote? So lovely. Yeah. Oh, it makes me almost like feel a bit teary. Like <laughs> just hearing that back. It's just I mean, yeah, what a year. It Has it yeah. been a real roller coaster? Yeah, it's been really it's really like gosh. Oh. Um, yeah, it's been the most amazing year. I have just done things I never ever dreamt I would do I've met people I would have never thought even sort of possible yeah and I've been privileged enough to go to events and witness things and do things that you kind of don't even really dare dream about it's yeah. just been the most amazing year it really has but that's the fun thing isn't it like all of these things you can't really anticipate you can't even really dream about because no. you just have to go with the flow and exactly exactly and people sort of say to me like what like what what's next and what do you expect and I honestly I have no expectations because I didn't expect any of this yeah more than 15 million people watched you win, which is just staggering. Like, can you even get your head around that number? It's crazy. It's insane. When those numbers come out, I was like, oh, 15 million people saw me do that crazy little river dance and that <laughs> funny little, like, not knowing what to do when they said my name and yeah, crying and all sorts. But yeah, it's just incredible. And I think a real one honour for me, but just absolute deserved for the show as well, because what an incredible show it is and the production and everything behind it. It's just, it's everything that's 
good about Britain condensed into an hour. Yeah, it's so true. I've just had the amazing opportunity to be part of it. It's the best. So obviously this year has been amazing and loads of things have changed. And I know it's going to be hard to pick just one thing, but what has been the biggest sort of pinch me moment where you just couldn't believe what was happening? Um, Okay, so I think this is this is one that left me completely speechless. And one of those did did that happen? Yeah. Right. Okay. So we were sat, even at the beginning of the story, sat in the ivy. Yep. And we were actually just having a little celebratory meal for the book coming out. Yep. And I had the first copy or the first two copies and they were there and we were just having a little meal and I'd gone in and I'd seen Amy Schumer sat sort of across the room. Oh my goodness. With somebody. And I sort of sat down doing that thing going, there's Amy Schumer. Yeah. Like mouthing it, being really like, and them going, yes, we know, we know. Like, oh my God. So sort of sat down just having a chat, um, sort of going through the book and just being, yeah, just a really nice sort of lunch. And then I felt this tap on my shoulder <gasps> and I sort of turned around and went, oh, and it was Amy Schumer. And oh, Amy said, goodness. Candice, I think you're amazing. Can I have a picture with you? I'm so sorry to interrupt your lunch. And I went, pardon. Oh my goodness. Um, and I like, I thought it was, so she tapped me on the shoulder and I thought, you know, when you look at someone, you go, <gasps> and I thought, oh my God, she's going to say like, I'm stood on her coat. Yeah, or like you're in the phone. way. Yes, where are the toilets, please? <laughs> um, yeah, and I just went, oh, yeah, uh, of course. So I sort of stood up and was like, I think you're amazing. I'm so sorry to interrupt your dinner or your lunch. But yeah, I really enjoyed watching the show. I think you're incredible. That is so and I cool, just thought, I think you're amazing. You've just done a film with Goldie Horn and just went all sort of weird. And the others are just sort of sat like... Oh my goodness. So we had a picture and I actually gave her one of the very first copies of my book. Actually, I saw I saw that on her Instagram. She posted it. Yeah, she did. Before I'd even like had chance to process. Oh my god, so Amy Schumer is a huge Bake Off fan. Apparently so. That but is the fact that she cool. sort of knew my name, I just and that was we were sort of sat going, um right. And it was some of the girls from Ebre were there as well, and we're just like, okay, that has just happened. Because I guess it must be so strange because you're in this tent, you're baking, you know, it's very stressful. There's lots going on. You can't even really think about the bigger pictures. You never think that people across never, the world are never, watching never. it, let alone like, people like Amy Schumer. That I is know. so cool. So cool and so just sort of like a role model for sort of like femininity. Yeah, she's awesome. It she's, but she's just like, actually, I'm a woman and I've got a voice and I use it and this is what I'm going to say. You can judge me if you want, because I don't really care. And that yeah. was just, that was, that was a really, I mean, that was a crazy moment. And we spent quite a lot of time afterwards going, yeah, really? <laughs> did, did that happen? And then, lucky the photo happened. Otherwise you might've thought maybe yeah, you completely. It. <laughs> but it was when she put the picture up first and I was just like, okay, I haven't even had a chance to sort of look at mine and yeah, it, yeah, that was that amazing. Is crazy. Good answer, Candice. Thanks. Okay, so going, <laughs> going right back to the beginning, mm-hmm. you were working as a teacher and you were loving it, mm-hmm. doing really well. What made you decide to apply for Bake Off? So, so yeah, so with my, with my teaching, I had been a teacher for about eight years. I was trained in PE and then I was a head of year for four years. So quite stressful, sort of pastoral side of things. And then I did have six months where I went to another school. I don't really talk about that too much because I didn't have the best time there. And it was one of those things where you kind of, I made a decision. It turned out to be a really bad decision. Okay. 
and you have um, to do that in life yeah and I and I really really do believe that things happen for a reason I wasn't I wasn't treated very well and it kind of made me question myself at the age of sort of 30 thinking gosh like this is weird having to sort of question how I look and how I stand because it didn't fit in with the school so I moved on and that was sort of six months there and that was like oh I really really messed up and then I went to school in Berkhamstead where I was second in department of the special needs department. So I was working in the special needs department. We called it the inclusion department. Just incredible working with an amazing bunch of students, amazing group of TAs and my boss, Ellie, who was just incredible. But baking I'd always done. It was just very different from what I was doing as a job. So it was what I did to de-stress. It was what I did when I wanted to say thank you. It was what I did when I'd had a really bad day. So much so that my best friend would know she'd maybe text or ring and say, what are you up to? And I say, I'm baking, but I'll be over. Cause she'd either, she'd know something had yeah. either not it's been, been a bad good. day. Yeah. I'm making flapjacks. I'm, I'm baking <laughs> and I'm probably going to eat the lot. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> so I just, I love baking. And with the show, I just wanted to be part of it. I just loved it. I watched it from the very beginning. It was a show that I just loved watching. And I just thought I'd love to be part of that. Never, ever did I think I would there's never any part of me that it crossed my mind that I went, I could do that. I could win that. It was just, I would love to be part of that. And there's no harm in applying. No. You just apply and then see what happens. Exactly. Oh, love that, exactly. Candice. And now here we are. I know, I know. So I know that you were taught to bake by your wonderful grandmother. And I'm sure you have amazing memories of cooking yeah. with her. So let's talk about your first desert island dish of the day. And mm-hmm. that's the dish that most reminds you of your childhood. So, yeah, I mean, my nan, she was the absolute apple of my eye. She she really was my entire world. And I just, I spent a lot of time with her and my granddad growing up, sort of back in Edmonton, North London. But she was just the most amazing cook. She was the most amazing baker. I did everything by hand. And just for some reason, everything she made tasted better yep. than it did. And I was, sorry, mum. My mum's <laughs> an amazing cook and we had the most amazing meals. But it was just better when nan cooked it. And I think it will be it's got to be roast dinner like roast chicken yeah just how would she do it so the chicken just tasted good and the gravy tasted good and I just remember and it's something I do now so to make the gravy she'd take some of the juices from the chicken and then she'd take a cup of the water out of the broccoli or the cabbage that was cooking and put that into the gravy sort of everything was kind of cooked in together so the potatoes were cooked around the edge of the chicken yum she would always make bread sauce which is still one of my favorite things the best why would you not I know and (laughs) the the quantity of bread sauce to roast dinner had to be fairly sort of equal like 50 50 meat veg talking the same language yeah all over the bread sauce and me and my brother would argue about it as well actually (laughs) and then just say Yorkshire puddings were just with a roast chicken always oh my goodness she sounds like an amazing lady always always (laughs) Yorkshire puddings I think as well because it was part of it was was my brother at that point only really ate beige food. So okay. the Yorkshire puddings were sort of to more sort of make his dinner a bit more substantial. But I don't know. It was just perfect. And it's just one of those things that I don't think I've ever tasted a roast dinner as good. Oh, And of course, then she would make puddings. So it'd be a crumble or a strudel. And the freezer was always full of ice lollies. And it was just no one else I knew had that. Like, yeah. Mum could go and buy ice lollies, but it just wasn't Nan's freezer full of ice lollies. And it's just it's just things like that. Yeah, such nice memories. Yeah. So for Bake Off, do you remember what you cooked for your first audition piece? So before the actual show. So 
Uh, yeah. So I took along my carrot cake, actually, which is in my book. So I took along this carrot cake, this big carrot cake, and I covered it in like an orange buttercream. Oh, that sounds good. Um, and decorating has never really been sort of my forte. It was the sort of thing that used to make me cry or swig red wine out of a bottle. <laughs> like, I can't do it. <laughs> so for this, so I covered it in the, I took, covered it in this orange spice buttercream. And then made like pecan brittle and sort of broke it up. So scattered it round in like a a crescent moon shape. So it was plain, but it kind of showed different skills. I was just banking on the flavour of this carrot cake. But quite stressful. Like a lot was resting on that one item. Yeah. And for me, that's my favourite cake. Also, that's a a bit of a gamble, taking something you love so much. Yeah. And then savoury. Oh, you have to do one of them. Yeah. So I had to take a savoury. So I took sausage rolls but I made them in sort of a parcel shape and I still make them now and again they are in my book I made a version of them on Bake Off so black pudding um sort of in a square with like a little funnel at the top oh yeah like that um sort of sage bacon mushroom yum yeah and it and it just they obviously went down really well and then I sort of got told afterwards that actually she ate or the lady (laughs) one of the home ex and I think her name, I think, I think it was Fania and she was on it. She was just amazing. She was on Bake as well. She ate a whole slice apparently. And bearing in mind, she tastes a lot of cake during the day. Apparently that was a big old, oh my that, God. Was a big that old would be up. a dangerous job for mm-hmm. me. I'd be the size of a house. Something I think about because it's filmed so far in advance and then the episodes play out and the public has a reaction, but then next week's episode goes out regardless that must make it quite hard for some people because if they're having a hard time with the public opinion or they're doing something they can't change it that must make it quite nerve-wracking to watch after the fact yeah that and that's really really interesting because I had my fair share of trolling shall we say yeah because I was gonna say yeah that wasn't really an issue for you but like everyone oh no I it was it was bad. It was, was it, very, Candace? very bad. Luckily, I have family and friends who think it's hilarious to take the mickey out of me continuously. So it was stuff I'd never heard before. I was also brought in a pub. So the when the language got a bit blue, it was like water off a duck's back. I've, not, I've never heard it before. But I guess that just shows that trolls will troll anyone and it's not, a, it's not about you. No. And you know what? It, I am only human and some days that cut deep some days when like a couple of episodes when maybe I didn't have the best and I expected oh she shouldn't be there she's rubbish because I was thinking it myself in all honesty but the ones where I'd had a good week and people still and people still and I was like and I I mean I I remember I think it was after Tudor week I turned around to sort of Liam and I was so happy the episode played out brilliantly and I was so chuffed I'd got Star Baker was that with the gingerbread house no that was with the marzipan peacock sorry that was a nice yeah that peacock was so good I still sort of got quite a lot of abuse and I just said to Liam like what have I done wrong? And I was, and he was like, nothing. And that was, that was probably when I felt my worst. But then actually, I think my family then would then send me pictures of things that people had said I'd look like or name calling. So they'd get in there first. Yeah. And go, you have to ah, laugh. look yeah. what someone's called you today. And I'd go, <laughs> amazing. And this would sort of like carry on for the week. That's so nice. That definitely makes it much better. Yeah. And that's how we are as a family. But I am only human. So yeah, if I was having a bit of a, ooh, it would cut deep. But actually, do you know what? I am me. 
you can't please everybody. I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm me. And yeah, I, I can't do much about that. Were you surprised at how obsessed people got with your lipstick? lipstick? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was kind of a revolt when one week you wore like I a know. nude lip and everyone was like, what? I know. Well, I'm I'm sitting here with a kind of nudie sort of colour on right no, it's, now. It's a very nice colour. Thanks. But I went, I went to, I just popped the lid, I looked in the mirror and I was like, Oh, saw your lipstick out, Candice. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you don't feel like you? No, it was sort of, sort of, sort of uh, rubbed off a little bit. No, it was just so. I love lipstick. Mum said I've been ruining her lipstick since I was little. You know, and you like your mum, but like being a typical landlady, had like a red YSLs, which I've then like bit into yeah. and rubbed all over my face. <laughs> oh, she must have loved. Oh, that. She, oh, it was her favourite. Uh, <laughs> so. And mum had always said, you can never, ever be too overdressed. You can never be too overdressed. And also, it was a big old confidence thing for me, um, heels and lipstick. And Mary used to say, your feet going to hurt? And I'd say, no, they're fine, Mary, because actually just feeling like I stood a little bit taller, having a little bit of lipstick on was just almost like a suit of armour, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm tired and I'm nervous, but actually I'm all right with this on. Yeah, no, that totally And no one needs sense. to see me makeup free. No, no one needs to see that. <laughs> especially, especially you look great. But no, that definitely makes sense. I think yeah. something a lot of people especially can relate to. Especially after baking about 20 hours a day plus oh, yeah, work. And, and yeah, in the oven and you get like an oven facial yeah, and your eyelashes oh, gosh, I've lost together. an eyebrow. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, no, you looked impossible glamorous <laughs> oh, so thank you <laughs> let's move on to the second desert island dish of the day and that's the first dish that you actually learned to cook so th- so there's there's two actually and I think the first one would have been that very very classic amazing jam tarts because that was stood with my nan she would have been making pie pastry cutoffs given them to me and she had this so they had this um, dining room table and chairs. It was sort of, they were like brown leather chairs. And we used to drag one through to the kitchen, stand on that next to her. Aww. And then just sort of poke the pastry into the jam tart tins or the Yorkshire pudding tins, yeah. fill them with jam, stick them in the oven. And Yum. I think that was the very, very first bake thing. But actually, I have this really weird memory of making cockavan. I've got no idea how old. And I can't have been that old. I'm going to say probably round about... 12 I think oh, wow and I'm I don't know whether I'd made something at school that made me think about it but I've got this very very distinct memory of making cockavan nobody died so it's yeah not too <laughs> it bad was a success yeah well that was very impressive why or where yeah. or when I don't know but it was not recently <laughs> I love memories like that though they're just yeah. like really faint but you're like that definitely did happen yeah but definitely. no context no context to it, it at all and I it's made Van. Well, I'm glad you told us about it but yeah it was the jam tarts or sort of butterfly cakes you know when you cut the top oh, off, yeah put buttercream in cut them in half and turn them upside down that was always those real those classic are such easy. fun things to make yes. with your granny as well aren't they? and just so typical we have to remember that when we become grandmothers definitely definitely so, I love Bake Off for so many reasons and I just think it's amazing the drama that they managed to whip up because as a viewer your heart is genuinely racing to see if they get the cake out of the oven on time or if the jelly will set like a crime thriller did you enjoy watching it this year That must have been quite surreal. It was very, very surreal and weird. Yeah. But also like a great 
big familiar hug as well because it was just the most amazing experience. I had the best time. I loved every second of it. I laughed so much, probably too much through it. And I just loved it. So watching it just brought back sort of all those memories. And my my group of bakers, our group of bakers, we'd sort of talk, sort of converse on WhatsApp sort of through the episodes and we'd say, oh, this was our week or this was when we did this. Or do you remember the week when B went in Andrew's top or this is the week mm. everyone got sent out of the tent because mm-hmm. of you, Candice? Mm. And, Wait, and what? Why did everyone get sent out? I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't like It was like... <laughs> impossible I just it was and I said it was Andrew's fault what had happened never mind he made me laugh on the walk in <laughs> and then you know when you're tired and you start to get overtired and then you get a little bit delirious and yeah. I was nervous so once I started to laugh I then couldn't stop laughing and the more I tried to stop myself <laughs> oh, laughing no. the more I laughed and then it was like shoulders going <laughs> Like, yeah, like not bubbles, like <laughs> snorting and then going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then going, I've got myself together. <laughs> and then, oh, and right, everyone, we're going to have to do that again. Can you all leave the tent? And Candice, just, you can have to together, have a word with yourself. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Better that you were laughing than crying. Yes, yeah. yes, because I did that as well. But um, yeah, it was great. It was just like watching it. It was just with such fond memories and such fondness of it and just real like envy of them being there again and getting to do something I loved doing so much. Yeah, I can imagine that must be really bittersweet. Yeah, I don't think even bitter, just so sweet. I just, it just makes me smile so much. Yeah, it makes me smile so so much. Okay, let's move on to the third Desert Island dish of the day. That is the best dish you've ever eaten. Oh, it's a toughie. It is a toughie. Okay. Um, the best dish I have ever eaten. Okay. I, it was a date I went on with Liam. Yeah. And we went to a restaurant in Cambridge and we had steak. And actually it was the first time I'd, given red wine a chance okay so I was always like oh no I don't like red wine Ugh, it makes me feel sick I'm now fully seasoned in yeah. wine and much much better than my <laughs> terrible choices in wine were and we had this beautiful bit of steak and he said try a Malbec with your steak so I was like okay fine and I did and I've not looked back since <laughs> but it was the side dish of was mac and cheese oh I can't get enough of it I mean, as a side dish, yes. Just any sort of dish. Yeah. And this mac and cheese came out and I remember, it was yesterday. <laughs> oh my God, your eyes yeah, like glazed over. So, like... so they sort of, they brought it and they, as they went to put it down, it hadn't even got to, or put on the table and I was trying to get my spoon into it and it hadn't even got on the table. And it was just, this mac and cheese was so, so good. Was there anything about it in particular? Like, did it have truffle in it? I think or, it did. Yeah. I think it did. It was it was truffle based. Maybe I think it had bread crumbs on the top. Yeah, it was crispy on top, and I think it was a bit of bacon. But I don't know. Macaroni cheese for me is a real comfort food, and it's something. If it is on a menu, I have to have it. Yeah, 
For research purposes. Oh, yeah. Obviously research. No other reason. <laughs> I, I don't need it, but I need this for research. But are so. you loving the fact that it is now a side? So yes. you can, like, I mean, I feel yes. like that's a relatively new thing, but I'm definitely, yeah. I'm into All over it. it. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, that was a really good mac and cheese. But actually, if we're going to go a little bit more refined, because I'm a refined kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ate in Jamie Scott's restaurant up in Dundee a couple of months ago. <laughs> and I was by myself doing a food festival up there and he said come along and I went by myself and I took my my book I took Harry Potter so I sit and read nice. Harry Potter it's lovely and I it's not your first time reading that no okay, I'm, I was gonna say. I'm going through them yep. again I'm yep. obsessed with Harry Potter yep. um and I plowed my way through 12 courses oh my goodness 12 I myself <laughs> And he did a, I think it was a tempura cauliflower. I love cauliflower. Cauliflower cheese again, cauliflower mac and cheese. We get in the pattern here. But it was, I think it was like a, it was like a a cheese kind of foams. It was tempura cauliflower. And it was just, it was stunning. I wish he had tempered an entire cauliflower for me at that (laughs) That, time. Not just a florette. I mean, you can't really go wrong with that, can you? Tempura, like the batter. But this, and you, you, it was just his obviously take on it. And it was this, the flavour of this cheese and chive kind of foam sauce that went with, and it was just, it was sheer perfection. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was, he's an incredible chef and that was some of the most incredible food I have ever eaten. But I sat and ate 12 courses on my own and he called me a hero after nine <laughs> and I, I carry that through. <laughs> I mean, that's an accolade. And I still went down for breakfast the next morning. <laughs> Obviously. I bet you were hungrier at breakfast. Yes. <laughs> my stomach stretched. <laughs> Give me the full English. Um, so this might be a weird question, but I think on the podcast, people love hearing about the behind the scenes and how people got to where they are. Yeah. So you won the Bake Off, which is obviously amazing. And people are really interested in that from the moment that you win. But then how does that turn into work? Like, Is there a Bake Off team who are manage- managing you and helping you to find work? Or um, are you given an agent? So, I mean, you, we, we are given it. The team at Bake Off are incredible. And the the guys that sort of look after us during uh, Bake Off are just amazing. Sheila and Amanda, who sort of did the sort of the publicity and the press side of things were just they're two of my favorite people in the whole world. That's so nice. Um, but the team are great. And they kind of say, this is, some of the stuff that other people have done, obviously it's up to you how you take that. But obviously it's also down to then public opinion and public want and stuff like yeah. that. So Which you can't predict. At all. Yeah. At all. And yeah, me, so that was, must be a difficult yeah. phase where you're kind of like, okay, I've won, but... Does anyone I'll like be, me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I met with, I met with a few agents, but then I met with Yellow Poppy and I met with Geraldine and Anna and I just, from the moment I kind of met with them and I went along with Liam and I just thought these guys, these ladies will never, ever make me look silly. Which is so important. And which was a, is a really big thing for me because yeah. I can make myself look yeah. silly <laughs> on a daily basis and that's fine. And I thought, I think I can trust them. And apparently they've kind of felt the same with me. And yeah, I've been with them ever since and I fully trust them. I love Geraldine, Kate and Anna. 
who just look after me and they are there I feel like they are they're like family yeah so that's so that's important so important yeah so you've got a little team around yeah you, and they're just brilliant obviously it's a really different way of working to sort of getting up every day and, and going I've got to school. no idea <laughs> I've got no idea how it works yeah so I'm just like yeah sure and they're like no <laughs> <laughs> or I'm like no and they're like no yes and I'm like okay yeah sure <laughs> but we know they know my love yeah. I know exactly that I can trust them. So it just works perfectly. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, it obviously works I, really I well. I still am so new to all of this. It blows my mind. I just spend a lot of my time going, thank you so much. Thank oh, you. Thank you. It's thank so you. exciting. And you're very deserving. Oh, thank you. I'm very lucky as well. Very, very lucky. Moving on <laughs> to the fourth desert island dish of the day. What is. <laughs> Question. What is your favorite sandwich? Fish finger sandwich. Great answer. The first time we've had that answer. Really? Yeah, which is surprising. Oh, as soon as I saw that, there was no other. That's another. There was no other sandwich that came into my mind. Um, Love it. You cannot be a good fish finger sandwich. Yeah. And my mum loves a fish finger sandwich as well. But Are we going ketchup? No. no. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. There was a nose there wrinkle there. I don't, I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of tomatoes. I've made a huge error there. Yeah, Candace. so no ketchup. <laughs> don't enjoy ketchup at all. Love a little bit of mayonnaise. Obviously. And, oh, God, please don't judge me. Sometimes if I'm feeling really, I'll say fancy, probably more say? greedy, I might put cheese and bacon on it. Oh, yeah. Cheese and bacon and bacon <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. That sounds really good. We're we going white bread. You know what? I'm really oh. healthy. So no, no. Do you know what? More often, <laughs> I was to choose the perfect. It would be like thick cut. You know, when you cut your own bread, and it yes. ends up being about an inch. A door, a door yeah, stop. and you get one side that's two inches, and one side that's Oops. an inch. I'm really oh, bad at cutting, no, but like half the bread on my sandwich. <laughs> um, yeah, salted butter. Obviously, so healthy. This is yeah, this is like really? I don't eat these all the time, but when I do, my God, do I enjoy it? Yeah. So salted butter, big thick sort of cut your own bread. Um, I'd say normally sort of fish fingers, mayonnaise, lettuce, cucumber, a bit of salt. Oh, okay. Like yeah. That. But sometimes I might just go the whole yeah the whole whole just, the just fish fingers, fish fingers, bit of cheese, or just in a rush cheese, bit of mayo. Just anything, really. I just love a fish finger sandwich. My name's Candice. I love fish finger sandwich. <laughs> You're in a safe space here, Candice. Um, so your book, Comfort, is packed full of delicious, comforting, hearty foods. Yeah. Is that the way that you tend to eat? Completely. Have you not guessed that? So when the whole scene eating thing was happening, yeah. kind of what were you thinking? Oh, there's a granola in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm naming this. There's there's fruit crumbles in there. I've got cherries in my black forest. I mean, like, let's let's no. not forget you had a piece of lettuce in the fish fingers. I, I I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously the book is very, very it is very heavily comfort food. It's called comfort. It's what I love to eat. But I am very much everything in moderation. Yeah. And I think for me that is the key. I think a little bit of what you fancy is good for you and it's good for the soul. And actually, I think now we're at a time where I think life is too short to worry about 
something so much you think I'd really like that bit of cake but I'm not going to eat it because actually life is too short you don't know what's going to happen enjoy that bit of cake and in the long run what difference does that piece of cake make like the enjoyment that you're going to get out of it completely outweighs yeah yeah. you don't need to eat the whole thing and actually when you're making things yourself you know what's gone in it yeah you know it's all been made from scratch you don't have to eat the whole lot but you know where their ingredients have come from you know that it's been made with sort of love and enjoyment. But yeah, I mean, I, I balance it out. I eat a lot of fish at home. I eat a lot of spinach. I pretty much should be Popeye. Oh. <laughs> um, I like brown rice and things like that. So I do very much try and balance it yeah. out. It's but not I, cake every meal no, of the day. No, not. I'm glad you said every meal of the day. It's cake most days. <laughs> oh yeah, that obviously. Uh, that although I saying. do, I have tried really hard recently to be a little bit better. But do you know what? I love cake. I love food that makes you feel good. And it's one of those things in life that actually you can get pure pleasure from. Yeah. And I think enjoy your food. No, I totally agree. Really, really enjoy it. So Candice, the fifth desert island dish of the mm. day, what is the dish you eat the most often? I'm in a quandary. I'm in a quandary. I'm also in a little bit of a debate with my brain as to actually tell, say, my real oh, tell us. food or one I can make up. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's no judgment here. Oh, I was going to say, don't judge me, but it's chicken nuggets. But that's okay. For, like, are Any you buying them? Are you making them? Homemade. Yeah. Or yeah. gourmet. Yeah. Non-gourmet. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Takeaway. I, I love chicken nuggets. And ask any of my friends, any of my family, what food should we get Candice? Like, Candice needs something to eat. What should we get her? Every single one of them would say chicken nuggets. (laughs) And I mean, I don't, I definitely don't eat them all the time. But if they're on offer, I can't say no. No, absolutely nothing wrong with that. I've got a very serious question. So get (laughs) ready. about chicken nuggets? Almost about chicken nuggets. Um, I want you to talk to me about macaroni pies. Yeah, because <laughs> they just sound like something. Yeah, I need in my life. So you need these in your life. So yeah. So I made macaroni pies on Bake Off, and Paul and Mary did not know what they were. And Paul actually said, "You can't put pasta and pastry together." Paul was wrong. Paul was wrong yeah. because there is a whole country that disagrees with that because they are a Scottish. Thing. Oh, they are. Yes. Okay. So, um, growing up, mum and dad used to, so we used to go on the most incredible holidays abroad and everything, but we used to go to Scotland most years as well. And one of my favourite things about going to Scotland was the fact that I could get macaroni pie. So it's Yum. essentially macaroni cheese in a hot water crust pastry, like a scotch pie, Yum. but sort of macaroni. I mean, why is that not more exactly. of a thing everywhere I mean, else? Cheese, pasta <laughs> and pastry. I mean, it's Water's not to love. Three main food groups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I made them on Bake Off and people didn't get it and some people did. But one of the other things is my my now fiance, still sounds very weird saying that, is Scottish. So when we got together, we were talking, I was like, I love macaroni pies. He's like, <laughs> what? We are meant to be together. Oh, a match made in yes, heaven. Yes, pretty much. Over macaroni pies. Over I mean, macaroni that pies. is a good basis for any I mean, relationship, yeah, I think. I think it yeah. was make or break at that point. <laughs> so... They are in the book and the book is, the book has lots of different sort of odes to people. And there are things that my mum likes, my things my dad likes, things that my nan taught me, my nan's recipes, things that Liam likes and things, there is a Scottish influence in there. I have got, I called them totty scones because I misheard him for quite a few years. They should be tatty scones. (laughs) There's tatty scones in there. Um, 
and the macaroni pies because yeah obviously my life is is now has very very Scottish influence yeah, in it and that's lovely I'm also that's a really nice pies. I mean lots of really nice things about the book but that is a really one really nice yeah thing, is the personal influence yeah very very much so and I really wanted it to be like that yeah no that's really lovely Candice the sixth desert island dish of the day what is your go-to dinner party dish go-to dinner party dish so again this is it's a it's a funny one because it's like would I go finesse as I said I am obviously very very uh, refined or just actually do really good tasting food um beef wellington oh hello yeah beef wellington you must be a popular dinner party host. <laughs> <laughs> I've made it a few times. I've done it with different bits, of, like different meat as well. And I, I sort of like playing around with, I love playing around with classics. And again, sort of that sort of from the book, they're sort of classic things and having a, a play around. But like beef wellington with a really good mushroom, duxel and duxel, duxel. Again, that's my wonderful Dale boy coming yeah. through there. <laughs> We've made a huge error here in recording this at 3pm on a Friday because... I'm very, very hungry. Yeah, now I am. Yeah, as well. <laughs> all I can like, think about is macaroni cheese. Yeah, and, and beef wellington. <laughs> yeah, and do you know, I think as well from that beef wellington, and this is quite controversial, you know, when you kind of get that little bit of pastry that goes quite a little bit so- stodgy. Yes. That's the best bit. I, I know. know people are like, oh, it's a soggy bottom. I'm like, no, that's the I'm best I'm so glad you said bit. that. Because, yeah, sometimes I'm watching Bake Off and they're like, oh, soggy bottoms. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't be very good on that because I enjoy that. Like, if I see a plate of pastries, I will go for the palest one because I know it's slightly Me too. Stodgy. And, like, in a pie, I'm looking for that soggy bit underneath because that's it touching takes all, the Yes, and, it takes all, like, the yeah. flavour. Yes. So, yeah, something like Beef Wellington really oh, just filthily garlicky and creamy dolphinoir potatoes mm. sort of a nice like asparagus and yeah a bit of green and so yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> caroline there things like that and then probably a whole heap of puddings i think it's important to have pudding choice oh definitely always always important to have pudding choice and you need to have the sides to go with puddings there needs to be like an ice cream a cream a custard yeah Preferably um, all. Thick, all of them, yeah. all at the same time. Yeah, it's important to have pudding choice. Yeah. Oh, that, you sound like the best dinner party giver ever. <laughs> so with Stir Up Sunday, just two days away from when this episode will go out, mm-hmm. we can't miss the opportunity to get one of the best bakers in the country's tips for getting ready for Christmas. So will you be knocking up your Christmas pudding this weekend? So not Christmas pudding controversially i'm not a massive fan of it christmas cake however okay yeah love a christmas cake and i love a good christmas cake as well now talk me through that because they're quite similar yeah quite fruity yeah very very fruity one you have marzipan and icing uh-huh. one you maybe have brandy butter yeah but so it is it the warm the warm bit of the pudding that kind of yeah, puts you off yeah I, I don't i don't know it's just something i've never I've never really thought, oh, yeah, I really fancy yeah. a bit of Christmas pudding. Would you go for a roulade? I'd go for a roulade. I'd go for a pavlova. There has to be pavlova at Christmas. Uh, Christmas pavlova. Um, what would you put on top of a Christmas pavlova? So probably something like a mango, a passion fruit curd, yes. a vanilla cream, and then raspberries, whether it's raspberry coulis or fresh raspberries or frozen raspberries, because that is one of the family's favourite things. You know, and you could buy, I think you still can buy the meringue nests. Yes, and the frozen raspberries and cream, like that was like my mum and my sister's favourite thing. But Christmas cake, 
I always use port because I'm not a massive fan of the kind of brandy or anything like yeah. that. The one in, I used in my book, actually, I've used for a couple of wedding cakes. Ooh. And it's gone down really well. And actually, Val from Bake Off as well used it to make Louise's wedding cake, oh, which is amazing. That's so nice. So, yeah, I feed it up with port. And I think with the book, I really wanted it to be about changing things. If you don't like a flavour, if you haven't got a flavour, then use something else. If you haven't got port, then use brandy. Use Cointreau and up the orange zest or put in bits of Satsuma or Clementine. Make it more fruity and add in apple or different version of, or different nuts and things like that. It's not prescriptive because I think people get scared by recipes and they're like, oh, I don't have that, so I'm not going to make it. And you shouldn't have to go out to the shop to buy stuff specially or an hour trip to a specialty shop or order something online that you're only going to use once. Use what you've got in the cupboard because yeah. the cake's always going to be a cake. Yeah. Just change the flavours and the textures. But my nan always used to make the wedding, uh, the, my nan always used to make the Christmas cake. So it was kind of quite daunting when I, when, like when she died. Yeah. And I kind you of said, up. I'm going to make the Christmas cake this year. It took me a while to kind of perfect it. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Do you do like a fancy decoration on the top? No, I keep it very, very, very simple. You don't so... go for the old uh, plastic reindeer and father. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think, do you know what? My nan had those. So she used to make it look like peaks of snow. And then every year the, the little ornaments would come. I don't know where they went. That is a thing to do, isn't it? Is, it's isn't so it? Cute. And a little bit of ribbon. Yeah. But I kind of go for marzipan, smooth fondant. I might put like some little balls on or I might just leave it sort of really smooth and whack a bit of like, I think last year I put a bit of tartan ribbon around it. I think one year I didn't get around to decorating it. So everyone just had naked Christmas cake. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Are you going to decorate this? No. (laughs) It was was meant to be like that. It's now Boxing Day. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Candice, we are on to the last Desert Island dish of the day. It's the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast off to the Desert Island. Oh. I would eat enough dim sum until I popped. Great, great choice. I yeah. love dim sum. And actually, we always have it on Boxing Day. Oh, do you? Yeah, so we have dim sum on Boxing Day. Do you get so, it from the takeaway? No, we no. get it from... So we will either mum and dad or I or we sort of split it up and we go to the Chinese supermarket and buy all things like hargao, shumai, loads of chungfungs. It's my mum, me and my dad's absolute favourite. And then we sort of normally do ribs and things like that. So lots of picky food. That's my favourite. I just love dim sum. So I love going to Chinatown and just eating till I pop. And what's quite, I'd say what's quite nice, also quite sad, but I don't really care, is sometimes when I've had sort of a couple of hours and I'm like, where should I go? Should I go and get some food? And like I'll speak to Lee on the phone. He's like, where are you? And I'm like, Chinatown. He's yeah. like, are you eating dim sum on your own? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> How many dishes have you ordered? I can't tell you that. <laughs> I mean, that is the dangerous thing about dim sum. So I'm like, well, like they only, just slip down. There's only three or four per thing. Yeah, there's so, nothing. And then I'm like four times five. That's 20, 20 Oh my yeah. God, I've got more coming. And the man's looking at me going more. And I'm like, keep them coming. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I love it. It's something we've always eaten. We spent a lot of time in Liverpool as well with my godparents they ran a pub as well up there mum and dad ran a pub down here we used to go to Chinatown in Liverpool as well so it's something we were always surrounded by and I just I love it so I would yeah I would eat enough dim sum 
till I probably have to be, till I resemble a dumpling. Yeah, then possibly. we can just roll you roll off. Roll me the onto the desert island. island, yeah. And you're allowed to take a luxury item. What do you think you might want to take with you? So can that be anything? Yeah. Food, anything? Oh. It can't be like the internet. Yeah, oh yeah, no, or a lot of mobile phone. Okay, what would I take? I My luxury item, see it's hard because I wouldn't want to upset anybody because I could say like Liam, but he's... You can't take a person. I can't take a person. So okay. that's kind of... Yeah, all right. Thank you for yeah. that. Because otherwise I'd have been <laughs> You've done it. Like you... Okay. Well, this might upset a few people because the obviously the obvious choice would be a lipstick. But in actual fact, it would be body lotion. I'm oh, okay. obsessed with body lotion. Yeah. I get quite weird if I was to forget to put body lotion on. I've done it ever since I can remember. I really? Started off with baby lotion, literally to feet, to head. And now I've, I love like Palmer's. Oh, oh I yeah. Love, uh, They're really nice smelling. Yes. I love cocoa butter or coconut butter. Yeah. Anything that smells slightly like coconut. Well, then you'll fit in really well in the island because it'd be well, it surrounded by be. coconuts. Yeah, okay, yeah, you can smell have... like a coconut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love body lotion. It's something that I I cannot do without and get a bit weird if I haven't got any. I don't think I've never. I don't think I've not. It's not a it day doesn't bear thinking visit. about. Candace. Yeah, no, I'm no. trying to remember if there's a point, and even if it's like a rush, and I might just sort of slather it up my arms and sort of pat myself so I know it's somewhere. I just love body lotion. Well, we will send you off to the island full of dim sum, covered in body lotion. <laughs> Smelling like coconut, ready for. Thank you so much for letting us hear your desert island dishes. You are so welcome. Thank okay. you. I just love the thought of Candace sort of masquerading as a coconut on the island, covered in her coconut lotion. Such a good luxury item. She had some really delicious dishes in there. And let me tell you, Recording that in the afternoon on a Friday was a mistake. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. I'm surprised you couldn't hear my tummy rumbling on the recording. I've made a delicious mac and cheese recipe for desertislanddishes.co as an ode to Candice. Uh, it's a goodie, so make sure you check it out. Plus, there are loads of other gorgeous recipes on the new website. So even if I do say so myself, uh, do head over there and have a look. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Made by Margie and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.